0: All right, let's take our notes out if we can. Let's believe the Holy Spirit have talked to us this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for making Jesus real to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one that gives us wisdom and revelation, knowledge and understanding. You're the one that shares the secrets of the Father with us. Thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving so powerfully and quickening your church, reviving the nations of the earth, preparing the people for the coming of our Savior. Let's pray this morning, Holy Spirit, you illuminate truth to our hearts. You are the anointing. Just touch me afresh this morning to speak boldly with clarity and understanding. We invite the spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge and understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's take our notes out. I want to talk to you about something that I believe that the Lord is um, asking many of us in the prayer movement to shift into and to really believe um, for for what, he, what he's preparing us for. Let me just, uh, if I can, qualify that by giving you a little bit about my background. Um, got saved in 1981. By 1986, I was serving full time on staff at a church of 5,000. Um, for nine years, I was one of the pa- there was t- ten of us, Pastor Benny, and the other ten it was ten associate pastors. Uh, I oversaw the youth department. I oversaw the evangelism department, and for a season, I also oversaw the Latino department. I traveled. I was as part of the healing crusade team, throughout out the nations of the earth, and uh, it was I call it the most incredible. Holy Ghost, Bible, college, anyone could ever go to is to sit under an anointing and sit under a ministry where signs, wonders, and miracles was like second nature. It was just natural to see that and to, it was natural to operate in that for all the pastors and all the departments, the children's department, you name it. I mean, there was a, it was a natural outflow. It was a privilege and an honor to be a part of that for nine years. And to, in 1995, I approached Pastor Benny and told him that I felt like I was a, I was like a tiger shut up in a cage. And he looked at me. He says, it's time for me to kick you out of the nest like an eagle kicks out one of the eaglets. It's time for you to spread your own wings. It's time for you to stop fishing in the lake and uh, go fishing into the sea. And so that was God's way of speaking and confirming to me that I was to begin traveling. I traveled for five years from 95 to 2000 as an evangelist, specifically and mainly throughout North America, the Caribbean islands, South America, Canada, and the U.S., you know, I was gone three weeks out of every month for five years. In 1999, my wife and I felt that it was time to uh, start a church, so we did. Uh, but I had made a vow and a commitment to Pastor Benny that I would never start a church in Central Florida uh, as long as he was pastoring there. I would never do that to him. And so when the Lord began to put on my heart in '99 to start a church, I said, Lord, I made a vow to Pastor Benny, and I will not do that. And then the Lord spoke to me. He's going to, be re- he'll be- he's going to release his church to somebody else, and sure enough, a few weeks later, he made an announcement, and that he was moving to California, and that he was selling the church over to Clint Brown, so I felt the release of the Lord, so we started the church in April of 2000, on a Resurrection Sunday morning. Church grew, blew up on us, we're in a small little town called Ocoee, uh, Ocoee was the last city uh, that I know of in the state of Florida that had a, a, the last race riot, uh, it happened in Ocoee, it actually led to a lit, several lynchings and led to a massive, massive exodus of the black community from Okoe. So it's a very, it was a very racial, very tense city. And for the Lord to send a minority to start a church in that area, I was like, Lord, I don't want to go to Okoe. I, I, the history of Okoe is not very pretty. But the Lord sent us there. And so we started the church with about, our first service had 97 people. And within a few, a few short years, the church exploded on us. We had several hundred coming, about 600 people that were coming in the first four years. Um, I mean, the, and the, the church was really built on the supernatural, signs, wonders, and miracles. They came from all over Central Florida, and it was really an awesome thing what God was doing. And even back then, because of my encounter with the Lord in 1981 while serving in the U.S. Navy, I was introduced to, the, to intimacy with Jesus through Keith Keith Green's music. I used to lock my. This true. I used to lock myself. Um, I was um, um, a sonar technician, and so I used to. I had access to these massive, you know, computer rooms, and I would close. It was so cold in there. I'd have to go in there with a scarf, you know, earmuffs, gloves, and a coat because it was freezing. They had to keep these com- these computer boxes. Completely cold. And so I would go in there because that was the only place I could find time alone with the Lord. I was so hungry for the things of God. My pastor was Kenneth Hagin. I devoured all his materials for those three years, you know, that I was saved in the military. And I eventually, you know, understood about the Holy Spirit. There was a hunger. Somebody introduced me to Don Francisco and Evie and then eventually Keith Green. And so Keith Green became my worship leader. And I just got lost in the presence of God. And I had, you know, Kenneth Hagin's material. I mean, I had church. Literally, I would walk through the ship hallways with a stack of books. And I would lock myself up. It was so cold that I could see my breath. That's how cold it was. But that was where I found God. I would spend time with God. So the Lord introduced to me the importance of passion for the Lord as a very young believer. Fast forward five years, I get encountered at a Benny Hinn service. Someone tells me there's a man that operates in a miraculous... And I had never heard about that. Even though I had read a little bit about it in Kenneth's materials. But I was more studying the, uh, the, the new man. The, 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 the new creation realities. That's what I was really eating from Kenneth Hagin's materials, but when someone told me that there was a man in Orlando, because by that, by that time, in 86, I moved to Palm Coast. I went, I got out in 80, 84, in 85, excuse me, I moved to Palm Coast, Florida, which is not too far from here. Uh, helped at a church there, and then in 86, I moved to Orlando, and then I finally became on staff there. But how I got on staff at Orlando was somebody invited me to the service of a man that does works in miracles. I had never seen a miracle. So I wanted to go see a miracle. So I walk into this church building place was packed on a wednesday night it was like 2300 people there and the usher for some reason sits me exactly where alan is sitting on the edge row third row on the edge seat right in front of the platform and here comes this man he's all glamour if you know pastor ben he comes out all decked out and he always comes out at the right song then sings my soul that's when he comes out so he would come out at that song and I'm, and my eyes were glued on this young guy. And this cause he was, he's only like nine years older than I am. And he's short, a little bit shorter than me, but he was as thin as I was. And he was all decked out in Giorgio Armani suits. And I was just glued to him, just watching him because of the charisma and the, and the authority that he demanded. I mean, that was my first, first time seeing him and I'm glued because there was something different about him. And I remember he was operating the the service and preaching. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of his preaching, he looks down. Actually, I was sitting on that side. He looks down at me and he goes, you, young man, stand up. And then he says, the Lord tells me to tell you that the call of God is all over you. I don't know who you are. He said this, but from now on, ushers, when this young man walks into this church, you make sure he has a seat reserved up front because the call of God's upon him. Well, that was that was my indication that I was supposed to move to Orlando. And so a few weeks later, I moved to Orlando. He starts taking me on some trips with him. You know, would you drive my car? So he would go all over Florida, Bradenton and do healing services. I would drive his car. And he would just talk to me about the things of the Holy Spirit. And And so now now I'm getting a deeper level of the Holy Spirit because I'm hearing it from him, but I'm also seeing it operate in person in the services. And so that's how I got trained on understanding the work, the ministry, and the person of the Holy Spirit by observing. I would sit, when I would travel with him on the crusades, I would sit on the platform because he would always have the ministers sit, you know, in three rows on the stage. And I would, always, I would always sit there and I would take notes. I would take notes on when he would move in the miraculous, how the words of knowledge were released through him. I observed all those things. I observed how when the people's attention was turning off from the Lord back unto him, he would switch the atmosphere and begin to decree worship to the Lord. I noticed all these things because he would discern. He, he was a master and he still is a master. Now, he's not a perfect man like none of us are. But I would give my, I would give my, I would take a bullet for that man anytime. That man raised me up in the things of the Spirit of God. But I would observe, he is a master at observing the waves and the currents of the Holy Spirit. Now you don't, you know, you don't need, let me say it this way, you don't need to have an organ behind you to pray for the sick. There's different streams. One of the things that I'm realizing about the Holy Spirit. Is that there are different streams of God. And if we're not careful, we're going to try to enjoy one stream and kind of camp out there. How silly is that when there are several streams to the Holy Spirit, several streams to Jesus, several streams to God. And, and even though he operates in this one stream, he's a master at it. He knows exactly how to shift when the winds or the currents of the Spirit of God shifts. I'm going to take this, how this all applies to intimacy with Jesus. Because in those days, in those days, I had an intimate walk with the Lord. I had an intimate walk with the Lord because of the music of Keith Green, ushering to the God's presence. And then all of a sudden, I mean, Pastor Benny's a phenomenal worship leader. If you don't know him, he's a phenomenal worship leader. He's a worshiper. I saw a man literally shift, almost, you know, like, you know, the Bible says that, The anointing would come upon Saul. He would be turned into a different man. There's a turning. I mean, we all have an anointing inside of us. There's really three phases of the Holy Spirit with us, in us, upon us. And I'll touch a little bit on that later on. With us, in us, upon us. But when the upon us anointing would begin to really manifest in Pastor Benny, you could see a change. He was no longer Benny Hinn in the flesh. He was Benny Hinn surrendered to the movement of the Holy Spirit. You could see the shift. And you, you can feel the atmosphere shift as well. Those things I observed, those things taught me, wow, what a worshiper. He's a weak man like all of us are weak. But, man, when that man connects with God, he really loves the Lord. And he knows the voice of God. How many of you have been, have been blessed by Pastor Benny's ministry, amen? So, you know, so I'm going through this in, in 1986, 1995, 2000, you started church. 2005, I get encountered by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord shows me in this encounter, which eventually led to the birthing of Ohab, the Lord showed me in this encounter that even though great things were happening in the natural, in our ministry, that he pretty much showed me, you are not prepared nor positioned correctly for the next great move of my Holy Spirit that I'm about to visit the earth with. Now, when he said that to me, I was pretty much offended because I consider myself a man of the Holy Spirit. At least what I understood to be the Holy Spirit. Miracles, signs, wonders, flowing in the gifts, understanding the presence of the Lord, understanding, you know, the atmosphere in a room. I considered myself pretty much, pretty well acquainted to how the Holy Spirit moved. So when the Lord said to me, Carlos, you're not ready for the next great move of the Holy Spirit, I thought to myself, my response was, how could that be, Lord? I lay hands on the sick. We cast out devils. We see signs, wonders, and miracles. How could you tell me that I am not ready for the next move of the Holy Spirit? And here's what he said. He says, Carlos, your heart is not at the place that it needs, needs to be to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And that took me on a totally different journey on the movement of the Holy Spirit and what He's doing in the earth. And that introduced me To the prayer movement. Now, I had a life of prayer, don't get me wrong, but I prayed about my ministry, I prayed about my life, I prayed about, you know, our church and what God was doing. I had no clue or any paradigm for the bridal paradigm and the, the governing authority of intercession. I had no clue that the Holy Spirit was in that camp as well. I had no clue that there was a major stream, a mainstream of the first commandment. Even though I had intimacy with the Lord, but it was more about my intimacy with my my time with Jesus. But I didn't understand the purpose of intimacy and intercession coming together to bring forth a great revelation knowledge for the nations of the earth to be shaken to the core that they can receive Jesus and and get ready for the second coming. So, just so in recent time, in recent years, I've noticed. That I remember, I remember 2008. Now this was really hard for me. In 2008, the Holy Spirit said to me, "Carlos, stop everything you're doing, drop everything." Two thousand five, he said that. From 05 to 08, he said, "Stop everything you're doing, because our church was primarily a cell church. We were multiplying cell groups and reaching the lost and things of that nature and equipping people in the miraculous. But the Lord told me to stop everything, stop focusing on everything, just do one thing: sit at my feet." No, Of course, that led to losing 80% of our church, we went from 600 down to about 80 people because we shifted. But I was being wrecked. You know, I, you know, I, you know, I go through the whole encounter, uh, you know, on the Sid Roth program that, that we did a couple, two years ago. I go in detail how God encountered us and how OHOP was birthed, how we lost, practically lost everything, so we thought, but we really gained him. And we gained his presence continuously. And so we go through this season... 05 to 08, God says, stop everything. And I felt like, I can't, we, we were an outreach machine. How could you tell us to stop doing the works? We got to keep doing the works, God. Lord says, I want you to just sit at my feet. So when we made that shift as a community, people started leaving. And so here I was. I'm di- I think, I'm, I, literally I was dying to myself. I'm dying on the inside. God, we got to do the works, we got to do the works. God says, don't do anything, just sit. Sit. It was the most difficult season of our life, It really, really was during those three years, 05 to 08. Then in, the, in recent years, especially in the last six months, the Holy Spirit began to quicken to me the importance of once again picking up or enjoying that river of how the Spirit of God moves. So turn with me. Let's begin in the book of uh, Psalm 46. Let's go there first. The book of Psalm 46. Oh, hallelujah. God is good. I think the Holy Spirit is desiring for God's people in this hour to really be grounded in doctrinal truths and not emphasize events, emotion, feelings. Those those things may come and those things will go. But what is constant is the word says forever. His Word is established in the heavens. Forever His Word. Forever His doctrines. Forever His teachings. Every experience we go through must be rooted and grounded in the doctrines of Holy Script. Because we're living in an hour that we must be well equipped with the doctrines and teachings of the Word. The Bible says that where many are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And the Holy Spirit really is desiring for His people to be really established. So let's look at this. uh, Psalm 46, verse 1. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth will be removed, and though the mountains are carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Look at verse 4. There is a river there is even though there's trouble all around us even though there's confusion all around us even though there is confusion about what's happening politically in the election process right now in America even though there's confusion with this economically politically religiously and all those are troubled waters There's troubled waters all around us. Even though there's all these waters that are around us, nonetheless, God's a refuge in the midst of troubled times. God is a refuge in the midst of confusion. Now, here's our refuge. The refuge is this. Verse 4. There is a river whose streams... You see that word, streams? doesn't say stream. It says streams, plural. There are many streams to the Holy Spirit. There are many streams to God, and these streams, together, let's call them tributaries. These tributaries will join together and create this massive river we call the movement of God or the movement of the Holy Spirit. Several years ago, I was in Manaus, in the region of Para in in Brazil. You from there? Okay, you from Manaus? No, from Brazil. Okay, so I was in Manaus and. They took me to the Amazon jungle, that portion of the northern Amazon jungle. And I had really told them, I want to see the Amazon River. Can you take me? He goes, oh, we have a great spot to take you. So they took me to a spot where several tributaries came together, merged together, gelled together. And when they came together, it was a beautiful turbulence. One, One tributary was one color. Another tributary was a darker color. And when they came together, they mixed and created this powerful flow. That's God. That's how the Holy Spirit moves. Many of us are simply stuck and content with one kind of tributary. For example, some are content in the tributary of evangelism. Soul winning, reaching the lost. We need to do that. Others are content... Most of us are familiar with this, soaking in the presence of God. The Mary anointing. That's another tributary. We just want to soak. We just want to love on God. We just want to worship. Then you have the intercessors or the prophetic intercessors and those who are are like, you know, love to do warfare and decree. That's another stream expression of God. Then you have the faith tributary. Then you got the signs and wonders tributary. Which one do we pick? How about picking all of them? I believe we're in a season where the Holy Spirit is asking us. Because what I find and what I sense, especially when we, those of us that have been exposed to the house of prayer model, if I can say it that way, or the house of prayer stream, it's almost like, I don't know, I mean, I've traveled to several hops all across the U.S. and, and it's almost like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit is, not recognized. It's almost like the Holy Spirit doesn't have a role there, even though He does, but it's He's not recognized or He's not affirmed. And I believe that we're in a season where the Holy Spirit, that the Father wants us to understand the role of the Holy Spirit even in the hops. The role of the Holy Spirit in the prayer movement. Because what we don't realize, the Holy Spirit It was the Holy Spirit who encountered us. Jesus isn't on earth, it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's to your expedient, it's to your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, I cannot send you the comforter. Or another word for the comforter is the helper. If I had time, I I would go, we can go over all the things the Holy Spirit does. He leads, he guides, he teaches, he reminds, he foretells. He predicts through you, prophesies through you, he helps you, he intercedes through you, all the different roles of the person of the Holy Spirit. How we need a fresh understanding of God's Spirit in this hour in the prayer movement. Because he's the one that's orchestrated this prayer movement. It's been the Holy Spirit. I believe that we we have to have a fresh understanding. 2 Corinthians chapter... Thirteen, I believe it's verse 14 where it says, Paul is speaking, signing off to the Corinthians. He says, May the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. The communion. It's almost like we think, Oh, I can't commune with the Holy Ghost because Jesus, Jesus might get jealous. There is no competition in the Godhead. We're called to have communion. That word communion in the Greek is koinonia, but it means to converse. It means to interact with, talk to. So what do I do? Because I learned from a wonderful teacher, I commune with the Holy Spirit. Talk to him. I ask you, you lead me. You guide me. Holy Spirit, I'm about to take the platform. You speak through me. You anoint me afresh. Can you imagine worship leaders having that clarity, that understanding? Holy Spirit, I'm about to take the platform. Sing through me. Lord, release fresh spiritual songs through me. Prophesy through me, Holy Spirit. Play through my fingers, Holy Spirit. You're the one who trains my hands for war and my fingers to do battle. Make battle through my fingers, Holy Ghost, as I take take that instrument in my hand. We release the third person of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the third person of the Holy Spirit that reveals Jesus in the first place. It's the third person of the Trinity that causes us to love Jesus. It's the third person of the Trinity that prays and intercedes through us. How we need to recognize Him in this day and this hour. I believe that the prayer movement, the body of Christ at large, but specifically because I'm in the stream called House of Prayer, I'm sensing the need to once again reintroduce the Holy Ghost to the prayer movement. Reintroduced the anointing. Oh, how we need to believe for breakthroughs in the spirit. How we need to believe for signs, wonders, and miracles because they glorify Jesus. We need that. We desperately need that. Six months ago, the Lord began to just deal with me about this. Because, Carlos, it's time to once again, and you haven't dropped it, but it's time to pick up forcefully that mantle of the Holy Ghost again. That mantle of signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm contending for that. Amen. Going back to that. I mean, we've all, we always see healings. But to see it at a higher... Why? Because we're living in an hour that society needs to see. The world. You know that signs, wonders, and miracles are not for the church? The world, the unbeliever needs to see signs, wonders, and miracles. we got to start thinking outside the four walls of a prayer room. Start thinking outside the four walls of a prayer service. So let's look at our note. Well, let's look there back at Psalm 46. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit speaking right now. Psalm 46. One more time, verse 4. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, There is joy. There is gladness in the people of God. Where the rivers of God are freely moving. And where God's people are freely jumping in. Remember, remember Jesus told the paralytic man, just jump in. Well, no one's there. No one is there to, you know, I'm paralyzed. I can't get in there. Just jump in. And here's, that's what God is saying to us right now. Jump in in faith. Jump in. What do you need right now? You need faith, jump in faith. What do you need right now? You need you need joy, jump in the river of, of joy. Yeah. Jump into whatever, why? Because everything we need is already inside of us. It's called the Holy Spirit. He's called the Holy Spirit. I don't need, and I don't say this to be, you know, prideful or, or you know, irreverent, but I, you don't need, I don't need a prophet to give me direction for my life. In essence, we shouldn't need a faith healer to lay hands on us to bring healing to us. This is where I believe the church has to go to, to, to once again re- allow the Holy Ghost to have his way inside of us and through us. Look with me, if you will, at Isaiah 33. Isaiah chapter 33. Hmm. Isaiah 33, verse 20. Isaiah 33, verse 20. Look upon Zion, the city of our appointed feasts. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a quiet habitation, a tabernacle that will not be taken down. No one, not one of its stakes will ever be removed, nor will any of its cords be broken. But there the majestic Lord will be for us. Watch this. A place of broad rivers. Where is God? Well, where, where, where is God right now in your life? Where is He? How about saying He's in here? <laughs> he's in here. He's not out there. He's not over there. He's in here. So wherever God is, then I have a right to say and claim there are broad rivers and streams inside of me. Are you hearing me? There are broad rivers. There are streams inside of me in which no galley with oars will sail, no majestic ships will pass by for the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawyer, our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. So everything we need, all the expressions, all the anointings, if you want to say it that way, is inside of us already. Why? Because there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Is Jesus primarily concerned about a physical city with physical buildings? Or is he talking about the city of God's people? We are the people of God. We are, we are in essence, Jerusalem where He will abide with us forever and ever in a physical city. But we are His people. We are His city where He lives and we abide. So let's go back, look at our notes for a second. Go to point number one. Let's look at this. Jesus reveals in John 14, His desire for oneness, intimacy. Nothing new to us, but nonetheless, I want you to see how this all comes about. John 14 Verse 2 through 4 and 6 through 7, Jesus says this In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Really, that word mansion in the Greek means rooms. There are different rooms, multiple rooms in God's house. So if you're actually thinking that Jesus was up there building you a mansion, I'm sorry. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. That shows the passion, the dream of the eternal Godhead from all of eternity to be one with his people, to be with his people. That's always, that's always has been the dream and the passion of God. From, Revelation, excuse me, from Genesis to Revelation was to Ephesians 1.10 to bring heaven and earth together. Oneness with God. Intimacy with God. So Jesus is just reaffirming this, this eternal truth, this eternal passion of the Godhead to be one with you and I. He says, so that where I, where I, when I come again, I'm going to receive you to myself that where I am, you also may be. And then where I go you, and, the, and where I go, you know the way and how to get there. And Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. If you've known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on, from now on, you have seen him." So basically, there in John 14, th- two and four, six and seven, Jesus is revealing the passion, the desire of God, why He came in the first place. He came pretty much to be able to fulfill the dream of the Father that there can be eternal oneness to actually make that manifest in the natural. And we have a down payment of that right now through the Holy Ghost. That's why I used to wonder, Lord, Elijah, Moses, what great prophets. Ezekiel, what great visions. You know, Daniel, what great interpretations for a prophet precise and then all of a sudden john the baptist shows up on the scene never doesn't never had one miracle that i know of doesn't have a major vision or dream all he simply is is there is preach repentance and then jesus says i tell you the truth there is no greater prophet that's been born of a woman like john in other words john's the greatest i used to wonder how could that be How could John be the greatest? And then the the Lord, it hit me. John had the privilege. Everybody was pointing towards Jesus. Everybody was having visions about Jesus, interpreting about Jesus, revealing about who was coming. But John had the privilege of not saying he's coming. He's saying that's him. He had the privilege of preparing the way for the one that they were proclaiming and having visions about. But then Jesus says something even more astounding. He goes, but I tell you the truth. The one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. How could that be? How could little old Carlos be greater than John? Because if John is greater than Moses and John is greater than Daniel, and if if you're greater than John and I'm greater than John, how can that be? Because John could only say there he is, but we can say he's in here. Are you hearing me? John could say, that's him. I prepare the way. But John could not say, he lives in me. He breathes in me. He ministers through me. He didn't have the Holy Spirit the way you and I have him. What many of us have to understand, is three main roles, excuse me, three main phases in the life of every believer regarding the Holy Spirit. Number one, he's with us. Number two, he's in us. Number three, he has a right to come upon us. Three roles. With us. The purpose of with us. Turn with me to John 14 for a second. Are you getting something out of this? John 14. Let's look at that for a second. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. John 14. Look with me, if you will, at verse number 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Jesus is saying there, you have every right to see and know the spirit of truth. Do you see that? Jesus is saying, the world can't see him and the world will definitely not know him. But you will see him and you will know. Him. We have every right. How do we see the Holy Spirit? We see the Holy Spirit when we allow him to move in us and through us. Jesus said, hey, you know, the wind goes wherever it wants. You can't see the wind. So is everyone born of the Spirit. Now You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. Yes or no? Well, you can see the effects of the wind. How can you see the effects of the Holy Ghost or the wind of God in a a believer's life? Transformation. Fruit. Character. They're compassionate. They're full of love. That's because the Holy Spirit is working the work of transformation. You can see the Holy Ghost... When people's lives are changed, you can see the Holy Ghost move in someone's life, when, in your life, when you're being transformed. You can see the Holy Ghost move in your life as he works through you. So Jesus says, the world can't see him and the world can't know him. But he says this, but you know him. Now watch this. He says, you know him. Now when he said this, he said this while he was still with them in flesh and blood. He goes, but you know him. He dwells with you, and He shall be. Future tense. He's not in you right now, but there's a day coming He's going to be in you. But right now He's with you. So here's how the Holy Spirit works. Number one, He's with us. Primarily, He's with us to bring us to the deeper things of the Lord. Primarily for us is salvation. The Holy Ghost is with every person on the face of the earth. Sinner and saint alike. He's with everybody. You can't hide from God's presence. You can't make your bed in hell. You can't ascend to heaven and escape the presence of God. He's with everybody, sinner and saint alike. But he's not in everybody. Remember remember the disciples, the twelve, had two primary encounters with the Holy Spirit. John chapter 20, Jesus received the Holy Spirit. What do you mean, receive the Holy Spirit? I thought they received the Holy Spirit in in Acts chapter 2. I believe that's talking about their new birth experience. Holy Ghost came inside of them. Up to that point, the Holy Spirit was around them, working through them. But all of a sudden, there was a Jesus. Remember remember John 7 says, 37 through 39, John 7, verse 37 through 39, Jesus said, you know what? There's a river inside of you. It's going to well up springs of living water. But then the Bible says this, he spoke about the Holy Spirit who the disciples could not receive because Jesus had not yet been glorified. When Jesus went to the Father, presented his blood as the Lamb of God that purchased the price for him to be able to send the Holy Ghost. And so the disciples were born again, received the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20. But then we know in in Acts chapter 2, they have another encounter. The Holy Spirit was with them, but Jesus says here in John John 14, 17, he will be, future tense, in you. He's not in you right now, but he will be in you. That's John chapter 20. And then he says in Acts 1, 8, "Wait wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost comes what? Upon. Upon you. With us to bring us to Jesus, in us to transform us, Upon us to work through us. With us before salvation. In us at salvation. Upon us after salvation. That is a right of every believer to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in this hour. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Jesus to us. He even says right here in John 14. Let's look at this. Look at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. You want to talk about intimacy? Okay. It's the Holy Spirit. That puts passion and love for Jesus. You want passion for Jesus? You can't have passion with Jesus without the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commandments. Well, how am I going to keep my, your commandments, God? Well, how about how, Jesus says, don't shut me up. Let me continue. He says, and I will pray the Father. And he'll give you another helper. That's how you'll be able to love him. And that's how you'll be able to keep the commandments. You keep the commandments and you'll be able to love him... Not because I'm asking you to; it's because I'm giving you a helper. That's why I must leave. Because if I don't leave, I can only be in one place at one time. I'm not omnipresent, but the Holy Ghost—he's omnipresent. The Holy Ghost—if he—if I leave, guys, he will raise up a people all across the face of the earth who'll be passionate about me, and they'll have passion for Jesus conferences all over the floor, all over the earth, because. I will, because I will release him. That's why we have to, we have to have a fresh understanding of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of God will produce not only transformation, but produce passion and love for the Lord in this day and this hour. And, but we shouldn't stop there because I want to dip into the other streams of God's Spirit. I don't know about you, but I, I want to experience signs, wonders, and miracles. I don't want to just experience just soaking in His presence. Because there's a world out there that needs you to operate in the anointing. There's a world out there that needs to know what you already know. What good is it for us to just sit here all day long? Now, I don't... Granted... There are some who may be called like Anna's and Mary's and all they do is soak in and minister to God. But I believe those those are far and few in between. The majority of us are called to fulfill Jesus. There is no separation of the first and second commandment with Jesus. What is a great commandment, they asked him. He goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one is like it. There's a connection. Loving the Lord our God is we're fulfilling this. Getting lost in Jesus' presence, but then you know what? We take that feeling and we go out. And as the Lord directs us, we see people. You don't even have to ask people. If you know, if you when you when you know people are sick, just you shouldn't be saying, Oh, Holy Spirit, should I pray for that? You already have the direction of God to, to pray for the sick. I think sometimes we put God too much in a box, we already have a direction. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, he will lead you and guide you on whether you should pray for people. He will lead you and guide you on whether you should cast out a devil. You already know that he's already given us that commandment. They, and they who believe, those who believe, they will speak with new tongues. You don't have to, you don't have to ask, Holy Ghost, do you want me to pray in tongues? You don't have to ask that. You already know. He lives inside of you. He wants to speak through you. He wants you to cast out devils. He wants you to heal the sick. This is a fresh understanding that we must have, especially in the hot movements and the prayer movements. Because there's a generation of young people. I've, you know what I've sensed, honestly? I have sensed an unsettlement in the young adult generation. I've sensed an unsettlement that they're sensing. Wait a second. This is wonderful. Prayer and worship. Night and day prayer. 24-7. Loving Jesus. Yes, it's awesome. But they're, they're also being downloaded by the Holy Ghost that he's saying, now take it outside. Release it through your hands. Release it through your mouth. Release it with your feet. And I'm telling you, if we don't do this, They will leave our hops the way they left churches. They will leave our hops. If we don't begin to equip, release, and train, we're going to miss out. Because you know what? We go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. The Holy Spirit is constantly moving. He's not going to just camp out to make us happy. He's moving. And in this season, He is saying... He, I know he's saying to me and to many, 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 of, many of my friends, you know what? Go back to those truths. Go back to those foundations. Go back to those streams and those rivers. Go back to them. And you know what? Bring it alongside of this fresh river you're enjoying right now. But don't just stay in one river. Bring them all together. Become a, become a tributary and join with the fullness of everything the Holy Ghost is doing in this day and this hour. Someone say amen. That's what I believe the Spirit of God is saying for us. Join with me, if you will, at point number two. Let's skip down. I'm almost done here. Oh, Holy Ghost. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit because He makes me love Jesus more. I love the Holy Spirit because He teaches me to fall in love with my wife more and more and more. I love the Holy Spirit because He helps me love my children more and more and more and more. I don't think Jesus is offended when we recognize the Holy Spirit when he told us he's good. I'm sending him to you. He's going to be a helper. He's going to be a comforter. He'll speak to you truth revelation. Look at John chapter 14, point number 2. Look at your notes there verse 10 through 14. Jesus says this. Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Now all of a sudden, Jesus is introducing works. He says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. Oneness, union, where I'm going to be at. That's where I want you to be. I'm coming back for you. But then he says, guys, if you... I want you to understand something. It's the Father who does the works in me. And then look what he says. He's basically saying, watch this believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. In other words, he's saying, believe in me the way I believed in my Father. Are you seeing this? He is saying, believe in me like I have believed in my Father. In other words, If you believe in me the way I believe in my Father, you're going to believe that you're one with me like my my Father and I are one. And when my Father and I are one, He does works through me. That means if you'll believe in me, you're confident that I am one with you, you with me, that means I'm going to do works through you. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. And then Jesus makes this clear when he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. We just got back from, my wife and I, we just got back from Sacramento. We have wonderful, we've had for the last nine, ten years, big open doors to Russia, many of the Slavic nations. And so... We're invited to this new Russian church out in Sacramento and, you know, ministering and, 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 and I, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm going to heal tonight. Let pray for the sick. And so there was this one lady, actually she was the mother of the, of the pastor of the, pa, the pastor's wife. So the co-pastor, she was the mother. And for 20 some, 21 years, She's had massive. She had, had had an injury in her lower spine, in constant pain. Twenty-one years of pain that she received from giving birth to her daughter. She can barely sit down. When she sits down, she's got. A, I saw her constantly stand up, and so she, she would sit down for a while and gotta get up because of the pain. And then there was another young lady there. She was from Belarus. Five years for the last five years, she can. She has to have only specific kinds of food because if she eats regular food, she goes into major cramps and major pain. And I felt from the Lord God was going to heal them that night. There was a small little church. There was maybe, what, 40 people in there? Maybe 40, 40 50 people in that service. And so we prayed for that. And, you know, there was no hype. There was no, you know, whatever. And I'm okay with that. You know, there are times where I feel like, yeah, play this, play this song. Let's, let's go with the flow. But you don't need to have that in order to manifest the Holy Spirit. You don't need, because Jesus never said, hey, make sure you have the you have the keyboardist there. Make sure you're, you're in this note before you pray for the sick. Now, there are some, listen, there's many ways to get healed To to minister healing. You can anoint them with oil. You can just speak the word. You can lay hands. You can have music behind you. There's many different ways. The bottom line is just do it. Just do it. So we pray for them. And I mean, right there and then, they just break out weeping instantly. Pain left in both of them. So that girl that could not eat just about anything, she tested it when she got home. She ate everything she could. She just began to chow down and chow down. Next morning she comes. She goes, I just want to testify. I go, you know, Pastor prayed for me, when, she, when he did, I felt this warmth all over my stomach. My, my, my stomach was very hot and burning, and I felt, I felt that God had healed me. The pain, had, the discomfort had gone, so I went home, and I ate, and I ate, and I ate. I went to bed thinking, oh, maybe it's going to come in the morning, the pain. I got up the next morning, no pain, so I ate like crazy this morning. And, so, and, and, and she was testifying this at a breakfast meeting, and then she was eating again. She goes, I am completely healed. That same night, we had a massive dinner. She was eating like crazy. She testifies no pain at all. Same thing with the mother of the pastor's wife. 21 years of major pain. And there she was testifying in front of everybody. God healed me. I felt this warmth go through my back. And I'm completely healed. I am telling you, the Spirit of God wants to use your hands. He wants to use your eyes. He wants to use your mouth. He wants to use your feet. He wants to use your heart to release blessings in this day and this hour. Because the world needs to see that there's a God who loves them. and, And Jesus wants them to be introduced to the same passion for Christ that you and I have. Can I hear an amen? Give the Lord a shout of praise if you believe that today in the house. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. Because Jesus says greater works than these will he do. Why? Because I go to my Father and whatever you ask in my name, I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. The powerful name of Jesus. So many of us don't have a revelation of the power of the name of Jesus. The name above every name. The name exalted we can speak to a situation we can speak to we can speak to sickness we can speak to demonic strongholds in the name of Jesus and if you really believe if we really believe i think you know i've been guilty of this because we were i was raised up this way but many times preachers who operate in the miraculous i've heard them say if you'll have faith as if it's only dependent upon their faith Many people in the Bible had no faith and Jesus healed them. I'm not saying there's no role that they don't play, but it's so easy sometimes to kind of just pass the buck. But in reality, the Holy Spirit is challenging us. Build your faith muscle. Build your faith muscle. Release me. You don't have to ask me if you want me want me to heal. You don't have to ask me if you want me to fill. You don't have to ask me if you want me to deliver. I want to do that. Do you believe that I want to do that through you? Hallelujah. Let's do this. Let's do this because Jesus gave us the promise. Greater works. Greater works than these shall you do. Greater works because I go to my Father who's in heaven. He's basically saying, listen, I'm going to my Father and when I go to my Father, I'm presenting the blood. And when He sees the blood... And the, the purchase price, that blood will release the Holy Spirit. The blood, look, the blood, you know, how they, you know how they would cleanse people in the Old Testament? They would apply blood and oil. Blood, Jesus, oil, Holy Ghost. Blood and oil. You apply oil, incense, oil and blood on the sacrifice. And the Holy Spirit is challenging us. Believe for the oil again. Stir the oil again. Let the oil flow. Don't stay stay stagnant in one stream. Embrace the streams. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. And Jesus promised us, I'm going to go to the Father. And you'll do greater works because i go to my Father. Because I'll pay the price. And then I'll send the Holy Ghost. And you shall, Jesus says, you shall receive dunamis. That word dunamis means dynamite. Explosive, it also means miracle worker. Jesus says, I'm going to release miracle working power. I'm going to release dynamite power, explosive power. How? Upon. That word upon means to fit like a glove and to be clothed with. That's what it means. I did an experiment. If I can have someone come to the keyboard real quick. I did an experiment in my pool one day. I had a wine cup. And I just put it, you know how wine cups, they're semi-buoyant. And it began to just, you know, wobble here and there. And I began to just splash, create little ripples. And that thing was being tossed to and fro wildly. It was unstable. But then you know what I did? I put some water in that cup. When I put water in that cup, that cup became a lot more stable. I created ripples. It wasn't as flipping flopping like like it was before. Why? Because it had life or water inside of it. But then you know what I did? I took that cup, put it at the bottom of the pool, in the deepest part of the pool. And then I got up and I did massive cannonballs. And that thing wouldn't budge. You want to know why? Because it was completely filled the more filled we are with the revelation of how the Holy Spirit is operating in this day and this hour, the more stable we're going to be. Regardless, you know, of the turmoil all around us. We'll have our refuge. Our refuge is in the filling. Our refuge is in the filling. Because the Holy Ghost is going to take that filling and he's going to point us to Jesus. One more scripture and I'll close. Turn the page over. First John three eight. You know what? Take your Bibles and go to First John two. We'll close with this. Did you get something out of this this morning? Go to First John chapter two. I'm going to pray. You know, if, if anybody wants prayer this morning, you don't have to come forward. But if you want, if some of you feel challenged, like the Holy Spirit is saying, yes, yes fresh and filling and release of the Spirit. I'll be glad to pray for you this morning. I I sense in my heart that there's some here that you have tasted, you have seen of the power to come. You've tasted before that fresh anointing. And for a season perhaps because of a work of the Holy Spirit or you got sidetracked or whatever it may be, but you know in your heart the Holy Spirit is saying I want to visit you again and operate this way in your life. Be happy to pray with you this morning I'm right now the Lord is at OHAP. I teach two Sundays a month at OHAP. the other two Sundays I travel the Holy Spirit clearly had made it very clear to me teach on the baptism of tongues so I've been teaching on the baptism of tongues that's more than Robo show Kudabakaya so much more than that it's so much more than that we need we need the manifestation of tongues but the bat what the what the Holy Ghost really does in the heart and the life of a believer—it's mind-boggling. So I would be happy to pray with you in faith and believe the Lord does a fresh story First John chapter two, look at verse twenty. Sweet presence of the Lord in this place. This First John chapter two. This is speaking about you right here. God is speaking to you through the Apostle John. He says this. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Do you know that you know all things even if you don't know it? (laughs) You know all things even if you don't know it. Because the knower is living inside of you. The Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them. But God reveals them, reveals them to us by His Spirit. You know all things in your spirit, man. Through the Holy Ghost. We just have to get revelation and understanding in our mind. Of the things that we already know in our spirit, man. Your spirit can't be any holier than what it is already. So you know all things. You have the anointing and then in verse 27 he says but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you that's the Holy Spirit now turn to chapter 3 we close with this last verse 1 John 3 verse 8 for this purpose the Son of Man or the Son of God was manifested that he he might destroy the works of the devil. You are on the earth. I'm on the earth to destroy the works of the devil. We have to understand. Jesus came, not just to bring, in to bring us intimacy. Jesus came, not just to enjoy his presence. We That's priority. But from that place, let's go destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. The Son of God was manifested. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with power and the Holy Ghost. God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with power and the Holy Ghost. Destroy the works of the devil because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Let's tap into the first commandment. Which includes a second. Love our neighbor as ourselves. When you see someone sick, pray for them. When you see them confused, pray for them. You know what? I think we have. The prayer movement has a tremendous tool for evangelism. It's called prayer. God heals them. God delivers them. God gives the answer. They're going to want to know, how did that happen? You're going to say, Jesus, evangelism right there. What if, what if? What if? I thought about doing this—doing a drive-by prayer outreach, hold signs out to, "Hey, you want quick, quick one-minute prayer? Just drive by through. Have just intercesses out there. Just pray for every car that comes by. That's evangelism. Amen. I'm serious. There's different ways, but to use prayer for God's glory. Oh, come on, stand to your feet if you will. Give the Lord a little clap offering if you will this morning. Amen. God is good. Let's just lift up our hands before the Lord for a second. Let's welcome His presence. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we love you this morning. We don't have to ask for more of you, Lord God, because you've given us your fullness. We need to ask you to allow you to flow more through us. That's the more that we really need, God. You've given us yourself fully Everything that we need, you've given to us already. So here we are, Spirit of God. Exalt Jesus. Magnify Jesus. Oh, teach us to love him more and more and surrender to him more and more. You said the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. You said, Jesus said of you that you would take what is his and reveal it to us. Your word says you will testify of Jesus. So we love you. We love you. We love you, God. We worship you, God. Jesus, let's just sing one song to the Lord for a moment.